Okay, uh, we are finally live. Um, hey guys, this is Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek. Uh, we do apologize for the uh, minor delay. We're having some technical difficulties getting our Facebook feed going. So, um, yay technology. <laughs> it's swell. Oh my gosh. Uh, in the meantime, um, hi everybody. We are back with yet another lunchtime video. Uh, this time talking about what may be the future of, uh, conventions. Um, obviously the 2020 convention season is non-existent at this point. I mean even San Diego has had to drop out because of just a lack of uh, ability to do anything. So um, everybody's been scrambling to try to find a new way to make it happen because obviously fans still want to be able to have that experience even if they know they can't do it in person. So that really leaves the internet and this new idea of virtual conventions. Now, whether or not virtual conventions will catch on or if they're even a good idea, uh, I don't think anybody really knows because this is such a new concept. Uh, but today we're gonna go ahead and dive into what that is or at least what it could be and See which ones are coming up soon. So you can take a look and try it out uh, Mike Yeah, so like you said, this is very uncharted waters New territory I guess whatever cliche you want to use moving forward um, with the online convention. Um, there have been some conventions that have been doing it for a little while. Um, as far as we found in our research, nothing to the scale that some of them are trying to pull off now. Um, so this really is, I hate to use the kind of cliche, but this is kind of a let's see what happens kind of thing. Um, now, like you said, there's a lot of people speculating that this could be kind of the the norm for conventions moving forward or not the norm but you could see a shift um, maybe this is kind of the start where kind of some smaller conventions kind of spring up yeah. maybe you see some conventions that maybe people that had the idea of running a convention but couldn't really pull the funds together to run out uh, convention halls or something like that maybe this is a way for them to kind of get their foot into the door as well um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see kind of what new cons start up from this, what cons maybe try to come back uh, that haven't been around for a little while. And then it's also going to be interesting to see kind of the formula that they put together and how it works. Um, I know in doing our research, there's a couple coming up that are talking about like paid tiers of access, kind of like how you would have with a normal con. Um, that seems to be something that keeps popping up pretty regularly throughout what we've seen. So I feel like something like that would stay in the long run, but other avenues of access are gonna be really interesting to see like what con kind of comes up with what and what kind of becomes the industry standard, if you will. Hey Mike, uh, I do actually have a bit of news. Uh, looks like our uh, Facebook feed finally popped up. 
Hey, look at that. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, <laughs> so very quickly, uh, for those of you that are watching us on Facebook, um, we had a little bit of technical difficulty at the beginning of the show, but uh, we are going to be talking today about the adjusted 2020 convention schedule and this idea of virtual conventions. Um, if they're going to work, if they're not, and what the heck are they to begin with. Um, so if you're interested to see the little bit that we'd already been talking about for, before, we will go ahead and post the full video uh, after this is done uh, on our Facebook page, so don't worry. But uh, in the meantime, we'll jump right into it. So uh, yeah, Mike, this, uh, this idea of a virtual convention is... I think it's going to be really interesting uh, because from what we've been seeing in our research so far, there really seem to be a few different approaches to the idea. Uh, you have the conventions that are essentially treating this as an open experience for kind of like a, just a very large version of like a, a Zoom or Skype call. Uh, that people ca uh, can jump in on and kind of interact back and forth with or do it as a live stream on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wherever and just have comments going real time to interact with the people uh, in panels or uh, doing whatever uh, presentation they would normally have done at a convention. Um, and then you have others that are kind of trying to make this into a complete virtual environment, even down to having uh, what is being described as a virtual vendor floor uh, or virtual exhibit hall that I'm not entirely sure what that actually means, but it's definitely intriguing. Um, I, I'm, I'd love to be able to see what that actually looks like. Uh, and, you know, I mean, is this just, uh, a very, very interactive uh, set of links on a website, or are we talking something uh, much more in-depth, like uh, 360 video uh, virtual environment kind of stuff? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, that's something that I didn't really think about until we kind of started getting into the research is so much of the con experience is literally getting out onto like the con floor or the vendor floor and just seeing and taking everything in. Like that's something, are they going to be able to actually capture that in a virtual environment? Like, are they going to get to capture the, the feeling of like, hey, I wanna to go to this panel here at two, but there's also this thing going on on the other side of the convention hall floor at 2.30, but this panel runs for an hour so do we go here do we dip into this can we go to this and then maybe try to sneak into this panel halfway through like it's very interesting to see exactly how much of the con experience is going to come with this yeah um i think for for logistics standpoint or from a logistics standpoint i think the easiest thing to do would be to just set up your links and you can kind of treat them as like their own panel rooms and you can just jump in from one room to another but then you also do kind of lose that sense of connectivity yeah um well not kind of i mean you completely lose that sense of connectivity and i think that's something that people are kind of clamoring for now more than ever with everything that's going on like they want to 
as much as possible interact with others. So yeah. does that take that away? And to what extent are we, <coughs> oh, excuse me, to what extent are the individual cons able to kind of put that environment out there yeah. knowing, you know, bandwidth usage, download speeds, all of that. Yeah. So that's going to be, you know, the technical side is also going to play a huge factor in this as well. Yeah. And I think the other part that is going to be very, very tricky uh, is normally your convention experience is a pay to visit thing. You pay for your ticket to get in and then you get, that's when you get access to all the cool stuff at the convention. Um, that is technically possible uh, be able to set these conventions up behind a paywall of some sort. Um, but part of the issue there is going to be anybody that wants to do it quick and um, now, essentially, may not have the time to be able to put something like that together. And anybody that doesn't want to put that in just because they want to give back to the fans, so to speak, where does the revenue from the convention come from then? Because the right. even though the convention now doesn't have to pay for uh, a full set of personnel, they don't have to pay for an event location, they don't have to pay for all the typical overhead that they would need to pay for, um, there's still going to be some need to have revenue if they want to at least break even, if they are still having to, say, pay for guest uh, fees or pay for... Um, even uh, like dedicated bandwidth to be able to broadcast their convention. Uh, you know, maybe they need to have added uh, internet speed or uh, a virtual server to be able to have a backup stream just in case the first one goes down so that there's no drop in continuity for the, the viewer's experience. That all costs money. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to be kind of interested to see how that works out because some of the conventions that we looked up did seem to be free access. Others were as low as $6 to get in and then others um, you could go in and have like the typical, you know, like uh, $60, $100, $130 uh, entry fee uh, like you normally would. but those are the ones that were a little bit further out so clearly they have a little bit more time to put the infrastructure together but is that time going to make a difference compared to the ones that we see say this week or next week because there are some coming right. up like actually this week and next week that right. I, I'm going to be very fascinated to see how they go yeah it, it's so funny because in a lot of the looking into these upcoming conventions that I did, a lot of the personal websites that like, you know, sign up for the newsletter, more info to come. Yeah. And I mean, that was a lot of it. Cause I mean, let's, let's be real. It's a lot of what they're trying to do right now is trying to figure out how to put this together on the fly. And that's not a dig in anybody. That's literally, it's, there are people that are trying to organize this that maybe haven't done much of anything on the virtual side before. Yeah, I mean, it's just a reality that this is new territory for everybody, literally. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, one of the things that you brought up was, you know, how are they going to generate revenue? 
so what if appearance fees for celebrities were going to be much lower because this is on a virtual side not a in like physical appearance side meaning yeah. you don't have to pay for travel you don't have to pay for room and board for them uh meals for them anything like that so you know could that actually be a, a benefit from going to a more virtual side where you know literally you're just getting celebrity guests to you know basically commit to logging in for a couple of hours out of their day and and be done with it kind of thing yeah i mean it's kind of interesting uh so back this past saturday um the sci-fi channel uh had their own specialty convention for uh with the cast of the magicians you know they just finished their final season and uh there are a lot of fans that have come to the show uh either recently or long time that uh, were really interested in trying to see the cast at convention appearances and now that's not really going to happen so they had a dedicated uh, Q&A panel online where the fans could jump on watch the cast do their typical panel uh, conversations uh, answer questions from the virtual audience and then if you wanted to have a little extra uh, interaction with them then you could pay 65 uh 65 dollars or more to be able to do you know either like get a personalized video from one of the actors or to be able to have a quick one-on-one -on -one, uh chat with one of them uh or you know whatever else they were coming up with and i mean that would be an easy way f uh that they figured out to be able to replace the typical um uh autograph line and picture line yeah. uh what that yep. usually entails but i mean i don't i don't know if that is a sustainable option for every one of these conventions since this was a very specific and dedicated event just for that one show's cast uh now if you're going to be coming up to a, a different convention that has more variety in guests uh and it's going to be a little bit harder to be able to have uh, any kind of one-on-one -on -one interactions with every guest because there are a few of them that actually have you know a, a fairly normal number of guests that are going to be involved uh, if for like a smaller convention um how do you do that I, do you even have uh, an uh, autograph or photo op equivalent for that event um i like I said, I, I know that we're saying a lot of what ifs and maybe kind of sort of, but I, I think that just comes back to nobody really knows what this is going to turn into because this is all brand new, but it has a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and look, I think I think the the personalized like one on one and the personalized um, you know like message greeting and like that. I think that's a really cool idea. And I think, you know, if you can get the celebrity that is okay with, you know, setting up that time and that, you know, that thing, um, I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, sorry, having a brain fart. But I mean, if you're okay with, if you get that celebrity that's cool with doing that, then I feel like that that would be a pretty easy, like, hey, let's, you know, let's do it that way. I mean what it's let's let's be honest when you go through an autograph line or where you go through a photo op line 
you know, most celebrities are going to sit there and take a minute to, to chat with you, you know, to ask you how your experience is going, you know, before they sign whatever you brought for them or before they get in for the photo op and take the picture. At least from, from my experience. Yeah. Not, they don't literally usher you in, take the picture, and then usher you out. Well, some you of know, them it's, do, it's, but... Spend, well, yeah, yeah, but the more so than not, you know, you do get them that will actually sit there and take a minute or two to talk to you. So I think that's actually a pretty natural kind of replacement for that. And it's actually a pretty ingenious replacement for that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like that's something that's an easy, like, hey, do you guys feel okay with maybe taking like two to three minutes per paying customer and just kind of talking with them? Yeah. Seeing how they're doing isolation, everything like that. I feel like that's a pretty simple, you know, um, Help me, Brad. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Alternative. Yes. Thank you. So, speaking of uh, the other options that are out there and what they could end up offering for uh, the uh, guests and virtual attendees. Um, so, on April 26th, uh, there is CostNet that is going to be a, a cosplay-specific virtual convention uh, that um, you, is where you're going to have uh, you know, a lot of online panels, Q&A, uh, some how-tos, uh, not just from cosplay-specific, but also from uh, industry experts for like special effects makeup and prosthetics and prop making. Um, there's going to be a cosplay competition, apparently, uh, and there will be some uh, direct feedback and advice uh, from cosplay experts that are going to be there as guests to kind of help uh, the attendees get some tips and tricks about how to improve their cosplay and uh, continue to grow in the community. Um, in fact, uh, Former uh, cosplayer that we've interviewed uh, for this show, Oh My Sophie, is going to be one of the guests for that, as well as uh, a Dallas-based uh, cosplayer, um, Eliza uh, Arguero. I, 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 Eliza, I'm so sorry if I just butchered your last name, uh, but she is part of the 501st, and uh, she is. Uh, a pretty normal staple at a lot of the conventions around here so um, yeah I mean there, there's a lot of there, there are a lot of things that are coming up for just about every niche in the community yeah and specifically with this one you know this one seems like it's more so aimed at um, education for incoming cosplayers and and makeup artists and you know uh, visual effects artists yeah. um, you know you're going to get actual feedback from you know industry experts but the big thing is is that with all the downtime you know this is the perfect time for people to be working on cosplays this is the perfect time for people to kind of start dipping their toe in and getting the experience of like how you would make a cosplay what kind of you know time and effort goes into it so something like this where we're actually going to have a dedicated couple of hours where everybody can kind of you know throw their questions at leading industry experts is, is I, I think, really ingenious in all honesty. Yeah. Um, now, coming in for May 1st and 2nd. So, normally the first Saturday of May is Free Comic Book Day. Um, obviously, with pretty much every comic book shop across the country being closed down, that's 
not really possible to do this year, uh, as unfortunate as that is, because that's usually a great starting place for anybody wanting to get into comic books to mm -hmm. be given some nice introductory points that they can try uh, kicking off from. Um, but uh, we do have uh, comic book creators uh, Russell uh, Nolte and Neo Edmund that are going to be hosting their own uh, alternate free comic book day, uh, which is going to be their own virtual free comic book day where they're going to be bringing in uh, not only themselves, but several other comic book creators to try to have their own version of the event for this year and still try to give that, uh, that, that kind of fun comic book introduction experience for everybody. Yeah, and you know, like you said, usually the first Saturday of every month, uh, or of every May, is you know free comic book day. I mean, not a national holiday, but maybe we should start looking into that. Kind of, um, kind of for us. Yeah, right. Um, the big thing with free comic book day is that it's it's the sense of community that it brings. Yeah. Because like you know, it's I think it was was it last year that you and I went to Madness on free comic book day. Two years ago. Or was that two years ago? That was two. Okay. Yeah. So that was two years ago, so I went with somebody else last year then. Yep. Sorry, I know. I, I went out with with somebody else, Brad. It's sorry. okay. I'll, uh, I'll survive. <laughs> I think it was you, Kyla. Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah. So then it's okay. We went to Docs. That's what it was. So, oh, man. Um, but, so, it's... The cool thing with Free Comic Book Day, it's the sense of community. It's... The people that have been reading for 15 and 20 years mixed in with the people that are just kind of casual that pick up the crossover events mixed in with, you know, the moms and dads that are bringing their kids in to pick up their first comic book. Yeah. It's it's the really, it's the kind of the, the cross-generational and cross-genre kind of defining day for comic book readers. Yeah. Like everywhere. And, and then, you know, on top of just... You know, Marvel, DC, they all give out their free publications and everything like that. And it'll usually be a tie-in to, like, so whatever the big event going forward for them is. And you'll have introductions to, like, big storylines that are going to be hitting that year. But the big thing, too, is is that other there are other promotions going on generally put on by the actual comic book store. Yeah. So, like, it's a day to go and to look up and, like, literally, I don't think... I don't think there's been a free comic book day that I haven't gone to where I didn't spend at least an hour to an hour and a half in the store. Yeah. Um, and and didn't spend a lot of money because I usually spend a lot of money on free comic book day. And just to let uh, the comic book fans know, uh, if you are interested in checking out the alternate uh, free comic book day, um, some of the guest speakers that are going to be involved are going to be Marv Wolfman, um, Kevin Eastman, uh, David Avalon. Ben Bishop, Troy Little, Richard Sparking or Starkings, sorry, uh, Sandy Carpenter, um, and honestly, a pretty massive guest list that just seems to keep yeah, on going. Like it's, so it this is going to be not, an event that's not worth getting list. into. If you're a comic book fan, uh, you'll be able to see a lot of the names that you've been enjoying their work for uh, a while. And if you are wanting to get into it, you're going to be seeing some very well-known names in the industry uh, kind of helping to introduce you to their comics and the things that you should go pick up and start reading. 
Yeah, and remember that is going to be a two-day event. Yes, it's uh, it so is May first and Saturday. second. That's going to be the entire weekend. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, judging by the names that they have, I can understand why it's a two-day event. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we do have on from May first through third, uh, we have uh, Tokacon. Uh, that is hosted by the Midwest Esports. Uh, they are a group out of um, Wichita, Kansas, and this is going to be their uh, virtual anime and gaming convention that they are hosting in place of the convention they were going to be having uh, up in Kansas. Um, and the reason why we bring this up, on top of the fact that it is uh, this one actually does look like they have a, a bit of infrastructure already in place for it, is that once again, Oh My Sophie is attached to this. She actually uh, works with the Midwest Esports groups and uh, group and has uh, done some stuff to um, uh, help get them uh, going, get people to know about them. So, I mean, I, I'm all for uh, checking it out. Right. So. Um. Yeah, the big thing is, is like you said, you know, esports. Um, there's going to be tournaments all over the place. They're also going to have tabletop tournaments going on. Yep. Um, that'll be interesting to see how that's done virtually. Uh, I would assume you would just play the the, the TCG version uh, or the online version of whatever TCG or tabletop game you're playing. Um, maybe. But and then, I'm sorry. I said maybe. I mean, I I yeah. you could also try to do just like have the uh, if you have the game in front of you just do your part of it and try to you know be honest about what's actually happening <laughs> i don't know honesty in online tournaments come on brad come on yeah so you know several online tournaments will be played during this um they're gonna have costume contests you know from the sounds of it is they are trying to put on the closest thing to the actual experience yeah. of actually being at the con yeah uh so that'll be really interesting to see how they pull that one they off. were uh one of the ones that actually are saying that they're gonna have a virtual exhibit uh exhibitor floor uh with a mm -hmm. uh, hundred plus vendors that are going to be involved uh interactive game rooms uh, an online happy hour and a cosplay ball of some sort. Although I couldn't really find much of a description of what that is, um, I am interested to uh, see how what they do, how they pull that off. Um, because obviously, uh, having some kind of cosplay ball or dance event is usually a pretty normal staple for a lot of these uh, bigger anime based conventions but uh, I don't really know how you would do that virtually but I, I, I think it'd be very fascinating to see um, also uh, this is a convention that is going to um, uh, where was it Uh, yeah, they, they are still going to be having panels, so I don't know how that all is going to work out. Yeah, that one sounds like it's going to be a pretty full experience. Yep. So that's one that I'm really interested to see how it turns out. Yep. And uh, one quick update. Uh, so I uh, jumped ahead. The cosplay balls actually for the next thing that we're doing. They are simply having a costume contest uh, for Tokacon. My bad. Oh, well, way to, way to mess that up, Brad. I know. I know. I... I not, not like, you know, we've already had any other technical difficulties to throw me off my game today. 
And they're all your fault. <laughs> I'll take on. that. Uh, but the next one up is <laughs> May 9th and 10th is Virtual Pop Expo. This right. is the thing with the cosplay ball. Uh, and virtual exhibitor floor. And uh, again, and um, this is actually going to be sponsored by Nerdbot Media, uh, Kaleidico, uh, X Level of uh, X Levelent, uh, Experience Level of uh, Entertainment, uh, and Legion M. Yeah, some pretty big name sponsors for this one. Um, like you said, they're supposed to have the costume ball. This is also supposed to be, this one is the one that's going to be very interesting. This is supposed to be like a hundred plus vendor interactive floor. Yeah. Um, which I will be very, very, very interesting. I can't even begin to imagine like how they would actually set that up. I don't know. And the, the really tough thing for us to even start guessing is their website is a little bit on the bare bones side right now so i mean probably not on accident they're probably trying to literally make it as they're probably trying to keep everybody guessing let's be honest yeah which could go in their favor maybe not uh either it's gonna end up right. uh they're keeping it kind of minimal right now because they're still setting things up or they are trying mm -hmm. to minimize expectations uh just in case things don't quite work out the way they are hoping right. so um but, either way, it does look like it will be a potentially fun thing, but even more importantly than that, um, the guest list. Uh, currently there are only six confirmed guests for the convention, but one of them is friend of the show, Gigi Edgley. And that is uh, always fun to be able to see uh, her getting out to another convention because honestly we had so much fun interacting with her uh, uh, when we have and it, we definitely are looking forward to the next time that she can make it back to Dallas because she's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was probably one of the more fun things that I've ever done was interviewing her and her brother. Um, as absolutely terrified as I was during said interview, which I'm well, yeah. sure I hit it so well. Um, but yeah, this one, I'll be really interested to see how this panel, or this panel, this con turns out. Yeah. Um, you know, interactive game rooms, uh, online happy hour. Yep. I, I don't know what that is. No. I don't know how that works, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, and then uh, May 17th, Starnet. It is a Star Wars convention uh, put on by the same uh, organization that's doing uh, Cosnet, and um, basically same idea as Cosnet, but for Star Wars. Um, online video panels, real-time interactions with guests, uh, $6 entry. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it seems fun. Yeah, pretty, pretty straightforward Star Wars nerddom. Um, you know, not nearly as cool as Star Trek nerddom, let's be honest. But... Uh, <laughs> but, let's see, the uh, guests that they do have booked right now, uh, they do have... Uh, they, they have a decent number of guests. A, a lot of the, uh, the back of the house, like, uh, props and special effects. Mm -hmm. Um... Crew, uh, cast and crew members, uh, you do have uh, a couple of the actors, it looks like. 
Uh, and yeah, it looks like they are still working on trying to confirm a few more people to be involved in this. Um, right. Oh, and of course, they also uh, have currently Spencer Wilding, the uh, guy in uh, that was Darth Vader for Rogue One. Right. Right, yeah, so a pretty good guest list, like you said, a lot of the technical side. Um, so that would be interesting to kind of see the technical side of the creation of the Star Wars universe and everything like that. So that would be one, if you're a very big tech nerd, um, along with your Star Wars nerddom, um, that would be a fun one to, to interact with. Yeah. Uh, now, we have two more virtual conventions uh, that are coming up, and we'll go through these real quick. Uh, Second to last is going to be May 29th through 31st, which is the 55th annual Nebula Conference. Uh, this is going to be, uh, looks like, exclusively online video panels. Um, nothing too terribly complex, but it does have a $150 entry fee, so I don't actually know what's going to come with that. Um, they are one of the ones that, while they do have some details, it's not very detail-heavy on the convention itself, more right. details on the format for the convention. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. But they do, it, it's, the, the thing that's a little bit different about them is that they have in, uh, kind of rebranded the people responsible for running the convention as Grandmaster, uh, Solstice re uh, Recipient, Solstice Recipient, uh, Service to SFWA Recipient, and Toastmaster uh, for the award ceremony um, that's part of this. And I don't really know what that actually means, but it does, it, it has potential. Let's just say that right yeah yeah exactly I think you know moving forward I think that's that's what you're gonna see with a lot of these is there's there's potential for something cool to be there um, you know just we, we don't know a lot about them and again like I said that's not necessarily on accident that's more so just I think a lot of these people are trying to figure out more the virtual side and how to put it together yeah um, so I think just details are going to basically come out as they feel comfortable giving them out yeah and then the last convention on the list currently is July 29th through August 2nd, which is Con Zealand. It is a New Zealand-based convention. Uh, apparently, this is their uh, 78th World Science Fiction uh, Convention. Um, right. And... I mean, I don't know. Uh, this, I don't actually have a lot of information on. Um, I'm not as familiar with New Zealand convention scene, but I mean, it does look like they have some stuff uh, going on that is a bit more unique to them that a lot of the other conventions just don't really have. Uh, Mike? Right. Yeah, so I did some digging into this. So from what I can understand, it's this... This convention, if I'm not mistaken, actually moves. Hmm. So this is not just a New Zealand thing. This thing actually moves locations every year. Um, 
when you become, when, when you actually pay in, you don't become a con attendee, you actually become a member. Okay. And members get certain benefits. So one of the things you can do is you can actually vote on the location of the event that's two years out. Hmm. Um, on top of that, all attendees or members, um, well, I, they call themselves members, not attendees. Um, they basically are voters of the Hugo Award, which is like the top science fiction awards that are going on, you know, in the world. Okay. So you actually get to vote on the Hugo Awards, and then that's actually where the Hugo Awards ceremony is actually held every year. Hmm. So from all that I gathered, this is a pretty big deal. Like, this is very much a, I guess, a members-only convention, if you will. Hmm. Okay. Um, where where actual members actually have say in what goes on. Okay. Um, which is an interesting concept. Just reading reading you know the information about it. Like I said, being able to literally have a say in where it's held, being able to have a say in you know who's awarded you know X, Y, and Z award in the realm of science fiction. Like that's a pretty big deal. Hmm. I mean, I. I... If I was close enough to one of these things, I'd definitely love to check it out at some point. Um, I, I don't know, it sounds, this definitely sounds more different than most of the rest of the conventions that we've talked about so far, so. Right, this one, this one, this one really has the sense of like being a member yeah. of the actual convention itself, which is very interesting. You know, these other, you know, most conventions kind of put it forth as like, hey, you're an attendee, you're getting to experience X, Y, and Z. Like this one, from, from what all I've read is literally, hey, you get to attend X, Y, and Z. You also have a say in how X, Y, and Z is pre presented and handled and like actually put together a bit. Okay. It's kind of cool. Okay. Nice. Um, okay. Well, uh, I mean, that's really everything that we have to talk about. Um, we don't really need to keep going on about things that may or may not be. I just have to say, let's see what happens. Uh, I hope it goes well, because yeah. uh, I think that this could be a very interesting idea to uh, move forward with, even when the normal convention season comes back into existence. But, yep. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, for the time being, it's going to be hurry up and wait, but I, I'm very intrigued to see... You know, if there are some smaller conventions that gain footing from this, what happens moving forward with them? And do we see more conventions that are kind of struggling with in-person attendance shift to the virtual side, knowing that it may be a little bit easier and a little bit more cost-efficient to put together a virtual convention as opposed to an in-person convention? Sure. Okay. So, I mean, it's only time's going to tell kind of thing. Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, Fingers crossed we find out. Uh, with that, um, if you've stuck around till this point in the video, thank you so much for watching. We do appreciate it. If this is your first video of ours to uh, check out, um, definitely thank you for making this the one. Uh, and please do not forget to like us, uh, like and follow us over on Facebook, and to like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, it really does help out uh, the show, and uh, it, if you can even share this with your friends, that would be fantastic. But uh, otherwise, uh, 
until next time. This has been Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek saying, see ya.